and gentlemen, welcome to episode 081 of the Becoming Men podcast. I'm your host, Ray De La Nuez, and this is the podcast for good men who want to live epic lives. I show up every week with legendary guests who help me bring you some of the best content out there on masculinity. This week's episode is brought to you by mastermypurpose.com. If you want to clarify your God-given purpose, master the skills of some of the world's most successful and purpose-driven men, and march into action right now, then make sure that you head over to mastermypurpose.com for your free 21-day guide to your purpose-driven year. Again, that's mastermypurpose.com. If this is your first time joining us, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss another life-changing episode. My guest this week is Mike Yarbrough. Mike is an author, entrepreneur, fellow podcaster, and founder of Wolf & Iron. Mike's amazing message spurs men on towards the high call of manful living. Today, we talk about his book, Tending the Fire, and about the high call that's on the lives of men because we are called to be leaders husbands, lovers, brothers, builders. We are called to do so with God-given masculinity. And that's a fire that needs to be tended to. Gentlemen, Mike Yarbrough. If you can go back, talk to your 20-something-year-old self and talk to Mm. him for one minute, what would you say? What would I want to change? The things that have made the biggest difference in me uh, over the years or things that I've learned, I wish I've learned earlier, would have been to be less selfish or less self-centered which is kind of hard to tell a 20 something year old because their whole world revolves around them. Yeah. But I was married by the time I was 20. So I got married when I was 18. And so I had a wife, uh, we're, we're starting to have kids. And you know, the, I think that would have been it. It would have been like, look, devote time and energy and passion into your family, not just into work and, and trying to keep things going with, you know, the bills and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but really don't, don't neglect these things and focus on the part of you that needs to grow in order to do that better. Because I think that's, that's one of the things that I look back on now. And I wish I had had, there's a lot of years when you get married young, there's a lot of years you spend growing up through that and learning lessons so that when you get to be 40 years old, you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not a knucklehead anymore. I know some things. Yeah. But when it's, when you're there and in it, you, you realize that, man, I missed a lot of opportunity to just pour into my family and to be connected. And I had a lot of growing to do. I wish I'd gotten a head start on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you always look back and you're like, man, for, for what, you know, I, I missed all yeah. these opportunities or I, I acted in this way, or I chose this for what, because really when you look back 10 years down the line, you're like, damn it, that was not even worthwhile. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, I think a lot of it has to do with our capacity at the time. Sure. I think as we grow, we're growing in our capacity to love and to understand people, understand ourselves, to slow down and read a situation before we react. And that stuff just takes a while to mature. And sometimes having a family early causes that to mature early on, but it also means that your family's going through it with you. Yeah. And so that can be tough. Oh, you're, you're speaking uh, my story here because I got married <laughs> the day after I turned 21. Uh, my oh. prefrontal cortex was not solidified until I'm sure I was like 25. So mm-hmm. therefore <laughs> I was trusted to lead Marines into a combat zone before my prefrontal cortex was even done forming. So <laughs> yep. Yep. and uh yeah, my wife has the stories to tell um of 21-year-old me trying to make things work. And it just, yeah, it's the selfishness and the self-centeredness uh is that was the demise, right? Yeah. It, man, I like that you brought that out because I when I talk to guys and I ask them, hey, what's your definition of a man? What do you think uh what do you think of when you see a man or the man that you want to become, it's usually around this idea or this figure of a man who is reliable, he's sacrificial, 
Um, he puts others first. And so it's interesting that you started there, you know, like, man, if I could go back, I wish I could do this foundational thing because, you know, it's such a core value to what makes a man. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, all those things are good things. And I think that it's all, you know, even if I say something like, I want to love my wife better, I want to have uh, had more patience with my children or something like that to my 20 year old self. I'm, it's still a focus on me ultimately, because I'm the guy who has to change. I'm the guy who has to figure out why, mm-hmm. why do I hold back my emotions or why do I get so angry when something's not right? Or why do I need so much downtime or me time or away time? And, you know, those kinds of things. And some of yeah. that's just how we're wired. We're all made a little different. And, um, there's nothing wrong with, 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 you know, having, having that, but having an awareness of that is still that's personal growth that's personal responsibility. Yeah. So loving others doing that well is a personal responsibility. It's, it doesn't make you just like a slave to what other people want in terms of their emotional needs. Um, but I think if I had more of the, a better understanding of what my defaults were, my weaknesses were those kinds of things that would have helped me grow tremendously. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm not unhappy with where I am in life, but it's one of those things that I like it was, it would save some heartache. That's for sure. Absolutely. So you are right now running Wolf and Iron, right? Mm-hmm. A website and a uh, blog. You have a podcast with the same name. And I, I'm curious, man, where did the name come from? What does it mean? And uh, yeah, w- w- tell me a little bit more about that. You know, I want to make up some like really cool story. Like, you know, I was in the jungle and there, there, was, I was. I, there I was <laughs> back in the day. Um, no, I, so I, I was actually, it was a church meeting of some kind, maybe a men's meeting. I can't remember, remember, but I was just leaving. And this is probably back in 2012, 2011, something like that. So was, this is back in the day. Um, and I was walking out and I overheard some guys talking, you know, two friends of mine, but I didn't really pay attention to the conversation. But I, I, as I was walking by, one of them said wolf and iron, but I, I wasn't even sure if that's what they said. I was like, well, that's kind of a, I don't know what that, what that is. That's what they said. But I was like, man, that just sounds awesome. Like, yeah, I'd been thinking about doing something for men. Like I'd, I had this really, this passion. I think at the time, uh, uh, art of manliness was kind of the, the only thing really that was out there. Yeah. And I wanted to do something that was Christian in spirit, but also had uh, kind of old school manliness, but my own kind of take on things. Anyhow, so I got home. I immediately got the domain name before I even knew what it was. And uh, and then I started looking it up and I found yeah. out that it was a book. And uh, my friends were actually talking about like post-apocalyptic thrillers, uh, books. Okay. This, this book was written back like in 94. And um, it's an okay book. It's not a great book. It, it's a really fun story, but it's not like the best you know, sure. like, oh my gosh, it would be a really fun movie. But anyhow, the the story is about this kid who is in a post-apocalyptic America. He's kind of like a college student that had, um, I'm giving you the long version here. Sure. He's like this college student that had a, um, uh, had an understanding of what caused the apocalypse, you know, the downfall of society to happen. And he was going to try and get from where he was in America. I don't know where he was at this point, but he's trying to get to his brother who was in the military, I think, or some kind of chain of command to get him this information. But he's just like a college kid, but he has to grow up and become a man and go through all these things. And he gets mm-hmm. taken in by other guys who kind of show him the ropes and he falls in love with a girl, uh, fights a bear, you know, anyhow, there's a wolf in there as well that, that kind of befriends him. And so, uh, it's a pretty cool book. And the, yeah. um, like I said, it's named Wolf and Iron. So anyhow, I read the book and I thought this, this is like, this jives with my whole thing. I like that. And, uh, and so I decided to just go with it. I said, you know, I felt called to it and inspired me when I heard it. I was like, that's just what I want. I want something yeah. that just hits guys right in the heart and goes, yeah, that's awesome. What is that about? 
Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, like if I see that name, I'm, I'm immediately like Wolf and I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all, I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm with it. I want to be all of those things at once an iron wolf, if, if that's possible. Um, so we, uh, maybe two years after that, um, I kind of came up with this idea of feeding the wolf and being the iron is kind of like our tagline Mm -hmm. there. So feeding the wolf that's inside you and then, um, you know, being the iron to other men, yeah, um, yeah. your family and other people. Yeah. Love that, man. Well, yeah. And then you recently wrote a book as well. Um, from what I understand, long time in the making. Why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this book called Attending uh, the Fire, I actually began this maybe about a year and a half after I started Wolf and Iron. And uh, it took about six years for me to complete it. And it's not because I'm a slow writer. I just had a lot of other, I wrote another book in the, between that time. I started another business, had a lot of things going on. Yeah. But I also, there was a sense in which um, I kind of wanted to check. I mean, I'm, I'm 43. So when I started writing this, you know, I'm like 36, 35, kind of depending yeah. on um, the, how the math works out when I first started conceptualizing it. But the um, uh, the uh, I wanted to make sure that these things actually work, like what I believed about being a man and living life was kind of true. And so I would I had it planned out and I had things mapped out. And um, I think there was just a sense of like, I want to be sure mm-hmm. that these things are real, that these things really work, that, that you know, I'm not just writing a book. I think if I'd written this, you know, in my thirties, it would have been a very different book than finishing it in my forties. Yeah. And so, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it, it took a while, but it's, uh, it's all about being, a uh, attending the fire of your own spirit. And uh, we can talk more about that, but that's, Absolutely. um, it's, it's basically the idea is that every man has a fire within him that needs to be tended. And it's our responsibility to do that, that our initial flame, our spirit, our passion, um, uh, our vim, our vigor, you know, those kinds of things, that sort of initial flame was there by God, like God put that within us. Yeah. But if we just keep feeding it garbage, if we keep throwing stuff that just burns really easily on this fire, we're never going to grow. We're never going to feel like a man. And that's what a lot of guys are struggling with right now is this sense of like, they just feel out of place in society. They don't know where they belong. They feel like they're called to something higher and greater, but they don't really know how to go about, you know, making that happen. And so I tackle a lot of that stuff in the book. Man. That I want to jump right into that. Uh, right. As you know, the the Becoming Men podcast came from conversations uh, with young men, me talking to guys that I know from all walks of life who are just like, man, I just want to become more this. I just yeah. I know I'm here now, but I want to be more this. And I kept hearing the words become, 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 and it, it was so on accident really was what I think, but it was the correct language because guys understand like, Hey, I'm in this process. I'm right now in this place where I am today, but I want to bridge a gap to tomorrow. And, but I don't know how to do that. And I love the, the analogy of the fire because yes, you're right. We, we, we do have an initial um, flame from God that we have the responsibility to tend that we have the responsibility to take care of, to keep lit to stoke yeah. and and to uh, keep man burning burning hot because I mean I'm even thinking just Bible verses coming in just about being lukewarm like yeah. you know what yeah. I mean just why, why would you be a little flickering light uh, yeah. why would you put that on, underneath a basket but men are desiring it from what I understand from the coaching that I do with young men they want to either uh, rekindle the fire tend to it so that they can travel along that path and become that man. Uh, so yeah, please tell us where you struggled the most 
in, in writing this book. And then you can jump into um, kind of a, a little bit deeper into the basis of it. One of the, the challenges with writing a book on manhood is that it's, it's well, it's like doing a podcast on manhood. It's like doing a, the, this mission that we're, that we're a part of. There's not really an end to it. You know, there's not like, you can't just sum it up. People will say, Mike, what does it mean to be a man? I'm like, oh, yeah. geez. All right. How, how much time do you got? You know, because it's everything. It's all, it's all of our life. It's how we do all of it. Yes. And so the, the one of the challenges that I had was really just deciding, is this going to be a, like a novel, like a massive kind of book that just kind of like the compendium, like I still wouldn't even be able to, to fit it all in there. Right. So uh, it's just deciding what are the core principles. Um, so that was one of the challenges that I had initially. And then I really struggled with the, um, there's a, the last chapter in the book is called living spiritually. And I really struggled with, uh, kind of how to summarize those things. And not because I'm not a Christian or I don't understand what I believe. It's just understanding like, where does, where is my reader going to kind of start from? What do I expect yeah. them to know? Yeah. I'm not writing this book like to give to Christians who already understand the gospel and, you know, get all that. I'm writing this is for men, period. And so I have to do some kind of introduction, but I also have to have, um, I have to believe that they, they kind of in their, in their heart, they understand certain principles about, you know, living life as a, um, as someone who's going to have an eternal destiny of some kind. Yeah. And, um, and so kind of, you know, kind of figuring that, you know, navigating that out was a challenge. And then of course it was just the doing it like, man, just like mm -hmm. writing it. A lot of people have book ideas and they, there's something awesome about holding that final book in your hands, having other people read it, uh, that a lot of people will never experience. They'll, they'll have ideas. They'll tell people about their ideas. They'll get started on their book and they'll never finish it because they yeah. just don't have the, you know, the determination to get it done. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, that's obviously that's always a, a, a big challenge when you're an entrepreneurial minded person and you got a lot of other irons in the fire, yes. uh, completing any task is always, always a challenge, but this is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead. I mean, where do you start the, the reader off, um, in that journey? So the, the, the initial image in the book is that there's a you're imagining yourself in essentially like a forest kind of situation setting. It's, yeah. it's nighttime. There are large trees all around you. And in the middle, there's kind of a clearing and there's your, your fire is there, maybe surrounded by some large stones and stuff like that. And the fire is, you know, we kind of attribute to, like I said before, your spirit. It's, it's the thing, it's your life force. It's the thing that keeps you going. Um, and then, you know, the reader is kind of taken through this journey of like, you know, right now, most guys, them, uh, they're kind of throwing rubbish, just easy, you know, things that go up in, in flame pretty quickly, you know, magazines, books, things like that, uh, old newspapers, whatever, throw it on the fire and it gets a, you know, it keeps the chill off, but it's not anything substantial. And, uh, and then they, they kind of peer through the woods and they see on, you know, somewhere throughout the forest that there's another light burning and it's some other guy out there far away but he's got his fire going, man. And it's just yeah. like roaring and you can see it, you know, like the whole forest could, could see it. And, uh, and it's an inspiration to the reader to say somewhere out there is another man whose fire is burning so brightly. And the question you need to have is what, what allows him to do that? And so the illustration that we give or allegory, however you want to think about it, is this, um, there's this cave and the cave is behind you and it's dark and it's scary and you've never really been in there very much. But inside there are the very things that are going to burn the old timbers and, uh, you know, that you need to pull out and, and become familiar with and start throwing on your fire. And that cave kind of represents, um, 
unknown truths about ourselves, unknown truths about the world. Um, yeah. it, it represents things that we've been afraid to, the questions we've been afraid to ask, you know, the answers that we, um, that we're not going to get until we ask. And, um, and so, and, and just the whole rest of the book kind of touches on that, you know, as we go through each chapter and it's all about just venturing into your venturing inward into that cave and kind of exploring those things and asking those tough questions, even questions about like, you know, why am I here? What is, what is the meaning of life? You know, what, what's the purpose of, you know, what does it mean to be a man? What does courage look like? You know, so many other things. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think it's important as men to be able to answer those, those critical and key questions? Um, lurking in there? I think that, you know, these are the questions that we probably had when we were boys. And even if we didn't ask them out loud, they were there, you know, uh, is there a God? Where do we go when we die? Um, what am I supposed to do with my life? What does it look like to be courageous? Do I have courage? Is it something that you just get? Like, are people just born leaders or is it something that I can develop? I mean, there's so many, so many things like that. And at the, at the heart of what guys are dealing with these days is these, this series of questions about like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to believe about the world in which I reside. I don't really know where that puts me in the world. I don't know how I'm, I'm supposed to think or be okay with uh, what it means to be a man. Like if I have these desires to like work out and go hard and hunt and, and that kind of stuff, but life is basically saying, no, just Netflix and chill. Yeah. You know, that's, that's confusing yeah. to guys. But they need to know, like, no, you're not alone, dude. This this is exactly what most guys think. They all they all have the same questions. You know, what is it that I'm supposed to be about these days, and uh, and how do I do? You know, how do I feel like a man and be a man? What does that even look like? You know, I think back in the day we had like um, more examples, like grandpas, great grandpas, you know, that did manly stuff around us, and so we could say, oh, grandpa hunts, or he's uh, you know, he's a hard worker, or he you know does whatever the case is. And we, even that's gotten such, um, there's so fewer of, of those examples. The guys don't even just have that innate sort of like, oh, there's something wrong with the plumbing in the house. I'll fix it. No guys are like, let me go YouTube, you know, who I call and what the, you know, it's, 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 it's really throwing a lot of guys for a loop. And so I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but you know, a lot of this is the reason we go into the cave is because we've got to go and we've got to, uh, you know, uh, explore those things that, that are un unfamiliar to us, scary sometimes. And it it may be stuff like trauma in our past or things like that. But um, whatever it happens to be, we got to bring light into there because once we conquer those things, once we understand those things, that gives us a certain kind of confidence. That confidence kind of goes onto the fire and helps, you know, build us up and keep us burning brighter. Yeah. Now you got a guy who's aware, you know, okay, there's a guy out in the distance who I want to be like, Right. Maybe that's the picture of who I want to be in the future. There's who I am now with this fire. That's, that's really, really needs some work. And there's the cave behind me, things that I need to dive into about myself, these, these unanswered questions, uh, things I, I still have yet to prove to myself or things I have to discover about myself. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that guy's shoes right now. And there's an initial uh, temptation to just avoid that right? Maybe <laughs> go ahead and put the figurative rock over the cave and pretend like it's not even there. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then just maybe just keep scavenging for, you know, the quick burning stuff. Let me grab these twigs, these newspaper, whatever cardboard is all around me. Yeah. It's, it burns fast and it's not, it's not very good, but it's, it's quick and it's easy. 
vice going not back into the dark. What cautions do you have for that man that's that's doing that? Well, you know, right now we're we're in a season where uh, or a generation or two now where we we don't really think long term. There, mm-hmm. I did a um, I don't know, it was a podcast maybe uh, this is a while back, may have been a blog, it was a podcast or a blog about uh, you know back in the day people used to plant like pecan trees in their yards for like, you know, like a, um, a new family. So like they would have a new family move into a house and, and grandma or grandpa or somebody would plant a pecan tree there. And knowing that they're never going to see that pecan tree grow up and actually have, you know, pecans and all that kind of stuff, but that their grandchildren would. Yeah. And that was that kind of long-term thinking back in the day. And that's, you know, you know, you, you, the listeners who are listening to this right now can go, when's the last time you heard somebody think like that? Right. Mm -hmm. It's all about what we can get right now. Even when it comes to our own success in terms of like finances and stuff, it's about, you know, how much money can I make during my lifetime? But people used to set back money for their grandkids and great grandkids. Right. Right. And so we're in a very much of a short term kind of mindset thinking. And so if you just think, well, all I need to do is keep warm tonight. All I need to do is distract myself today. At some point, you're going to be 55 years old. You're going to be 60 years old and you're going to say, I feel completely unfulfilled. I've not accomplished anything that I wanted to with my life. I can't believe I've wasted so much time. I had this one shot, this one opportunity to do something awesome. And, you know, and I've blown it. And what did I, what do I have to show for it? Well, you know, uh, a bunch of debt and weird addictions and, you know, and, and time spent online and that kind of stuff, just distractions. My whole life has been filled up with distractions. That's what I'm so many guys and gals are going to be saying 30 years from now. I can't believe so much of my life was spent distracted. And, yeah. and for the guy who's saying, no, I have to be, I have to fight those distractions and be intentional about my life. That guy's going to be able to look back and say, I have a family. Uh, I have, you know, I've made an impact in other people's lives. Um, I feel fulfilled in my life. I feel like, you know, happy and like, you know, like I'm doing something like I'm supposed to. Um, and probably physically healthier and better and those kinds of things as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the difference is that you really do have to think like there's a, there's a man that you're going to be 20 or 30 years from now, and you're only going to achieve becoming the guy that you want to be through intentionality. And, and yeah. you, you know, in order to be intentional, you've got to go, you got to do the things that are tough. You got to go to the places that you don't, you know, may not, may not feel comfortable going, um, and, uh, and, and really pursue that. Otherwise yeah. you're going to be led down a road of just yeah, a life of distractions. So well said, man. And I guess now I'm thinking about the guy who takes the initial step and he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and check it out. And he goes in there, maybe he finds out a thing or two, but then he's burned once or twice. Right. And he's like, I don't know if I can go back in there. Um, I've already been divorced or I've, I've already mm-hmm. been heartbroken. Uh, you know, I've been betrayed by family. Uh, you know, I, I had this dream and it's like, God ripped it away from me. And, and now there's a hesitation, you know, to continue to pursue right? He had the idea, he had the, the right intent, but yeah, now he's kind of holding back. What, what do you got to say to him? Well, so this is something that, that you and I are familiar with military guys. I think the best opportunity or the best way to, to move forward on this is to flank it. Mm-hmm. So instead of just moving head first into like another relationship, go a different direction, figure out yourself, understand, okay, why did my last relationship fail? Yeah. Is it because I'm just doomed to never be in love and have a successful marriage? Yeah. Well, maybe there's, you know, something that's that I need to work out on my own. And so instead of taking that direct approach, like uh, if I just find the right girl, if I just find the right job, if I just find the, whatever, you know, that's just too much like, you know, going after the enemy head head first. That's a bad idea. 
you need to kind of come around the, you know, uh, the pass, you know, so to speak. And yes. so, you know, you, you can still be going into that cave. You're just not going into those same places. You know, if I yeah. were a guy, let's say, uh, we'll, we'll take, take the cave analogy one step further. If I were an old warrior and I came across a cave and I, you know, I'm kind of looking in there and it's dark and I kind of I venture in a little bit and I, I can't see because it's dark and something just reaches out and scratches me. I might go, oh crap, you know, I, I'm not going to just go in there and be like, well, let me try that again. That's a bad idea. I'm going to like prepare myself, you know, before yeah. I go in, I'm going to be like, what's my strategy? All right, right. I need a trap. I need to lure this thing out. You know, those kinds of like, that's thinking about it, but all of that's intentionality. And yes. not only that, but it's the kind of stuff guys actually like, like yes. when you realize that like, uh, you failing, if you had a failed marriage or you had a failed business or you had a failed friendships or whatever the case is, um, then that makes you now you get to go back, plan, strategize, and decide how you're going to proceed forward. Right. Dude, that's, that's right up guys alley. That's mission. That's yes. what guys like. And so, yeah, man, that just, you know, don't let the, don't let yourself just give up just because you got scratched a little bit or got knocked down mm. or you got burnt or whatever. Um, yeah. Flank it, figure it, figure it out. That's good. Yeah. I, I guess maybe just even leveling with those men and just saying, Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, the becoming process right? That the process of becoming the man that you want to be changing into another man, you know, yeah. each decade, uh, because, Hey, I, I'm a completely different man than I was 10 years ago. And I'm sure you would say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that process doesn't come without a couple bruises, marks and burns mm -hmm. and it's okay. It's all yep. right. It's not. a. And I think that's one of the things that keeps a lot of men from even pursuing is because they know what, what's the, what's the use, right? Like yeah. I'm going to end up failing anyways, or yep. what's the use, right? Like I, I can just figure it out. You know, this is just fine. I'm comfortable and comfort just happens to be one of our greatest enemies, um, yep. comfort and apathy. But yeah, like, dude, it's not going to look perfect and you're going to get bruised and it's yeah. all right. I think just having a circle of men around you to be able to help you back up and, and encourage you as you go on your way is one of the huge game changers. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to have a band of brothers. You got to have those guys that, that you can say, um, here's who I want to be. Here's what I want to do or what I want to accomplish yeah. in the next, you know, week, month, year, whatever of my life. And they've, they've got to be the guys that, that, that will call you out and say, yes. dude, you're not, you're not on this path. You're not holding to your own you know, set of standards, whatever the case is. So yeah, you absolutely got to have a band of brothers. Yeah, yeah. that's key. And I, I love that you brought up the word intentionality, guys. If you can tell me how many times I've said that word on this podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'd be you'd be uh, hard pressed to find it less than a thousand times. Yeah. But I say intention intentionality, intentionality, intentionality so much because that's one of the things, man. That. I can look back on and say, this was the difference between Ray, who was just a fool and who was all about himself and who was just stuck in his own ways and looking up at God and being like, but why <laughs> versus <laughs> Ray? Who's like, okay, I'm going to take ownership of this thing. I'm going to take this fire that has been the initial flame given to me from God. And I'm going to stop putting garbage in. I'm going to tend to uh, tend to this fire and really be uh, one of the, like part of the, I'm part of the solution, right. Yeah, in, in my yeah. own life um, so, and strategy, man. So many of us go into it like, well, let's just go. Right. Like I'm 18. What does that mean? Well, society tells me I'm a man. 
So I'm, yeah. I'm going full, full fledged, right? Like mm-hmm. I got everything I need. I got the cool car, the nice clothes and a blue check on my Instagram. So therefore I got this. <laughs> and then we're yeah. left <laughs> punched in the face the first time we're like, damn it. <laughs> What, yeah. what do I do now? Um, where have you seen strategy be one of those key things for you in your own life? Maybe a personal story um, or just even your own personal conviction in that. So there's uh, one of the things that this brought up in my mind, and uh, it, maybe it relates to strategy, um, is this sort of Maslow uh, did this thing called the hierarchy of needs. Most people heard yeah. about it like in high school or college or something like that. And at the very bottom, it's kind of like if you think of a pyramid for those who are listening, um, if you're not familiar with it, basically there's this hierarchy of human needs that we go through. And so like the very bottom uh, set is just like the stuff that you would as- assume that a person needs to live, you know, food, water, and then eventually it's shelter and then it's community and then it's relationships and that kind of stuff. And you get to the kind of the top there where you've got something that he called self-actualization. And a lot of people are coming out of, uh, high school or college and they get to that that 18 years old, 20 years old, and they start to think, I'm supposed to be self-actualizing right now. I'm supposed to be finding my best self, you know, like right now at, at this at this age. And and they feel that way because not only is there pressure on social media and all these other, you know, channels where yeah. they're, they're seeing people that look like they've they're doing that. But uh, they they also live in a world where they have a very soft, um uh a stable but yet soft understanding of all these other areas in which they uh, they have needs. And so what I mean by that is you didn't make your own shelter. It was made for you or your parents mm-hmm. bought a house or you moved into an apartment that was pre-created. You didn't create your own community. That community was, you know, you, you're either online, you joined something that already existed or you, you know, started at, at, at work or at church or wherever. Um, you know, there's, there's all these kind of, these fundamental things are very soft. And, and so when a guy gets to a place where he's like, I'm going to self-actualize, I want to figure out my best self. And and then he finds he's all stressed out and he can't, he doesn't feel right in his life, even though he might have that blue check and the, and the, you know, the, the nice car, the the nice job and all that kind of stuff is because he doesn't really understand. He doesn't really have a kind of a marrow level understanding of those other pieces to it. He doesn't know how to, to provide or build a shelter. He doesn't know how to. Um, really form a community, doesn't know how to hunt and and survive and do these things on his own. And I think there's a gap there. And that this is something that I don't think most people are talking about these days. There's a gap in the fundamentals. And so we're kind of, people are exiting their parents' home or maybe even still living in their parents' home, trying to, you know, like reach this pinnacle of like human potential or whoever they're supposed to be. And they've missed out on just all these other pieces that they really just that are core fundamentals to being a, a solid uh, foundations, you know, to being a good human. And without that, without that, there's always gonna be a lack of confidence because it's just going to feel like at any point, this foundation of the world in which I live in, could just come crumbling down. And that's why, you know, when the media starts talking about COVID or some other kind of virus or presidential, this or whatever fear is so rampant because yeah. people say they, they recognize without saying that they recognize that they're on a very fragile, um, uh, kind of foundation in terms of how they understand how the world really works. And if the world stops working the way it is, they're screwed. Yeah. And so I think for a man in a lot of ways, and for a good strategy for a guy is what are those fundamentals? What are those things that you really, that you ought to know if you're surviving on your own or you're really kind of building your own life. And so you need to understand things like how to build a shelter, how to hunt, how to fish, how to, you know, um, uh, do all these various things. That's going to give you a lot of actually confidence. Like, man, I could survive in this world. Worst comes to worst, I could make it. 
Yeah. And then that's actually going to give you some, some, you know, uh, some solid footing for you know, moving out in the world. We, we have a lot of veterans that work with us and I'm a veteran as well, but we have a, a lot of guys who have been in the military and their confidence level compared to other people's confidence mm-hmm. level is, you know, two, three X. And I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm just talking about like, I say, Hey, go, can you do this? Roger that. Boom, go get it done. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and, and that's something that's missing. And I, and I see that from those guys who've actually been tried, tested and learned some things. That's right. Yeah. I think that that sounds like a very foreign concept uh, for somebody who has Uber Eats uh, as an app on their phone, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it's not to knock our generation. I think I've done that enough and I was actually convicted about it maybe like three guests ago, uh, had somebody who challenged me on that. It was like, well, I mean, I think we give this generation a lot of flack in the negative sense, but let's look at it from this side. You know, this is the same generation who figured out how to, you know, take a microprocessor and get it to do some of the most impossible things and create supercomputers. No, by the way, quantum computers that can do something that a supercomputer can do in thousands of a second. Yeah. So we got to be fair and say Mm -hmm. that this generation is solving other problems, but you're right. I think that there are basic problems that aren't being solved and they're not being addressed. And so I I go back to, you know, the common military adages of, you know, back to the basics or Mm -hmm. brilliance in the basics. Like you are a really good rifleman, not when like, you know how to shoot uh, a moving target from 500 meters every once in a while. Right. Like, no, you are a good rifleman when you know the fundamentals and you have mastered the fundamentals of marksmanship. And Mm -hmm. then you move on to the fundamentals of moving marksmanship. And then you move on to long distance marksmanship. Right. Like all of these things have to build on each other. And we're, yeah, we do, we do lack in that because let's be honest, like society has not required that of us in a really long time. Yeah. And that's where the intentionality comes back in. Yes. You know, yeah. not to not to wear your listeners out, but this is going to make the difference. But between mm-hmm. the, the people 20 years from now, the people who are living happy, healthy, successful lives, they'll look back and there'll be a, a world of intentionality behind how they lived versus the people who don't. And we're we're kind of living in this space age sort of dream of our ancestors. You know, if you think about the sci-fi stuff that was happening in the 50s and the 60s, like we do yeah. that stuff now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we That's don't think reality. anything about it. You know, like we just, we get on our phones and we communicate with satellites, you know, uh, a thousand miles in the air, you know, and it's just like, we take that stuff for granted. But that also means that, you know, automations, there's going to be more automation. Things are going to get easier. There's going to be more, you know, uh, buttons that do what you want, you know, to, to accomplish things in life. You know, uh, we're going to have that world. Yes. That means that you've got to recognize in yourself, like, oh, I actually need to be like outside sometimes and experience the wilderness. Yeah. I actually need to exercise, you know, for the sake of my health. I need to eat. You know, I can't just, just because everything's available to, to eat doesn't mean I should eat all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things. Intentionality. We have to make those decisions. And I think in some ways it's harder uh, than it used to be because, these are from a human standpoint, these are really, really new temptations, you know, a world in which food is so abundant that you have to tell yourself, no, a world in which ease is so, um, uh, possible that you have to tell yourself, I have to get up and move a world in which safety is so, uh, you know, just kind of, like I said, take it for granted that we don't even think about how do I survive or how do I fight or how do I, you know, that's, that's like unheard of for, uh, for a massive population, you know, with the, maybe Kings or some people had this back in the day, but not yes. like it is now. 
And so we're, yes. we're all kind of getting used to this. Yeah. I love that, uh, that you said that because we are living like little Kings right now. Yeah. We really are going back to the Uber eats. I can grab my phone right now, order food through Uber and then <laughs> Uber eats. It's going to get delivered. I can then get on another app. Um, you know, if I've, if this is what you do, get on Tinder and go through 10 different women that I might want to invite over. And then yeah. what I'll do, I'll get on Instagram and post about it and talk to some people. And then I'll do this and that, and I'll order something from Amazon. It'll be here. Maybe by the end of the day, if you have, if it, you have it within your city, Yeah, this is, this is King type of oh, yeah. luxury, but what yeah. it is, is that we don't have the mindsets of Kings, no. right? We don't have the heart of a King, the confidence of a King. Go yeah. back to one of the things that you said. Hundred percent. We don't even have the confidence or the mindset of a soldier in many cases, much less a king. You know, if I think mm -hmm. about a soldier, he's given a command and he says, "All right, I'm going to go execute this thing. Uh, I'm going to get this thing and get the job done." Yeah. When it comes to time of peace, a lot of times the soldiers are kind of looking around, going, "Okay, what's next?" You know, waiting for somebody to give them directions. A king is someone who, you know, he he's the guy who gives directions. He's the one who says, "This is where we're yeah. going. This is what we're doing." He's got the vision. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking of a good king, not necessarily like a big old fat lazy king. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, we've got so far to go in that we have so much ownership of our own lives that's unusual for for us to have. And this is what guys are feeling. They're feeling like I ought to be doing more. I ought to be more than I am. What does that mean? Right. And it's like when you tell them like you have to own that and you have to take responsibility for your life. The, yeah, there's a sense of relief, but there's also this panic of like, oh crap, you mean it's on me? Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, it is on you. It's on yeah, you. 100%. It's on you. And yeah. you've got you've got more opportunity than ever before to be, to become, to do. Yeah. You just got to go out there and make it happen. And that's when they they realize, uh, you know, you kind of meet yourself. That's that's what it, what happens. You know, when, when uh, rubber meets the road, when you when challenges come up, you kind of someone said that you get introduced to yourself. Mm, uh, you know, that's good. And I think that's I think that's true. So practically speaking, uh, if you can provide one or two pieces of, of of wisdom, you know, I got it. I'm with you. I'm following on the analogy. I see the 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 things that are hidden behind me in the dark that I have to exp explore. You know. What do you send guys off with as their marching orders next? The first one's always, it's, it's pretty basic stuff, but it's always, um, uh, it's, it's interesting to see if guys will actually follow through with it. And it's fitness. It's mm -hmm. just getting to a place where you're like, I understand that I, I need to be able to lift, to move, to run, to do these things. And, and it's going to take discipline. Yeah. Because unless I'm in the military where it's required and I'm, and even some of those guys, you know, <laughs> they, don't, yeah. they don't, they, they barely just, you know, pass the PT. Um, uh, but still those guys are being required to do that. And they're kind of in an environment where that's necessary, but yeah. outside of the military, uh, it's, it's tough. It's like, you got to be disciplined. Do you have yes. like, okay, meet yourself on that playing field first, you know, before you do go out and try to be entrepreneur guy, or you try to be a you know, family man or all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're not already, yeah, get, get in shape, dude. Like, you know, uh, can you tell yourself, no, can you make yourself that's go can you do those basic things that you got to do to, you know, stay fit. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's it. And you're, and more than likely you're going to find some guys that also want to be a part of that. And so that's, that's a good way to meet guys. Maybe not necessarily the guys you want to grow, you know, to be like, who knows, but you can, you can definitely find some guys that are like, yeah, dude, let's, let's commit, yeah. let's challenge each other. Let's, let's move together. So that's, that's one of the things that I think is great. And I, and I love that too. I got a couple of guys that I work out with Tuesdays and Saturdays that we just go hard on, you know, bench. Yeah. And it's just like, 
you know, it's just stupid guy stuff. It's just like, we're just there. Just like, how hard can you go? You know? Yeah. Uh, can we break each other? And it's, that's a lot of fun, but we need that. We need the, that Love kind of that. push. Love that. And I, I, so I would say that, but then I would also say, um, you know, there's the, there are two aspects of it. So there's, let's say that some, some guys already, he's hitting that he's, he's, he's fit, but he still doesn't feel like he's moving in a direction. I think you've got to start asking yourself, what do you really believe you're called to do in this world? Mm. Forget like expectations, forget money, all that kind of stuff. Just ask that question. What do you feel called to do? That's right. And like, do you love people? Do you, uh, do you want to, um, you know, are you a protector? Are you someone who, you know, what would give you ultimate satisfaction if you could just drop into somebody's life and help them with something? What would that be? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, start thinking about that kind of stuff and then facing the fears that hold you back from, from not doing that, not pursuing that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 100% with you on that. And that's one of the things that we walk men through, uh, just with coaching, uh, through yeah. becoming men. And because ultimately if you don't identify the why the purpose, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't start there, man, anything will get you to where you're going. Cause you're really not trying to get anywhere, right? You're just yeah. wandering. Um, so that's a really good point. And if, well, uh, let me say this. I didn't write this in the book. This is a, a piece that I I left out because it's sure. just for space and I couldn't kind of make it work with the, the theme. But there was a, um, one of the things that I, I recognized was that in our, like in movies, uh, one of the things that happens is the villain so often is the person who's like actually pursuing something. Like they're going after the stone. They're going after the map. Yeah. They're, they've given up. They, they've, they've, you know, they're not doing it in the right way, but they're, they're yeah. like action oriented guys. They're sold out for it. <laughs> they're sold out for it. They want it so badly. They're willing to kill people for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, maybe to point. an extreme, but still, but the, in the hero, he's just the dumb guy wandering through the streets. that gets hit with lightning or gets, you know, whatever zapped by something yeah. or gets thrown into this adventure. <laughs> and it kind of makes for a good story. I get the idea behind it, but it kind of gives you this idea that like, if I want to be the hero in my life, then like. I'm just going to get chosen. It's just going to happen. It's just going to get, I'm going to get selected. And no, it's, it's the opposite of that. The heroes, that's why I like Indiana Jones because he's like, look, I'm, I'm a, a, a professor, but then I go out and I, and I whoop Nazis asses and I go and I collect artifacts and I do all this kind of stuff. He like, he, yeah. he goes after it. Right. Yeah. And if the bad guy takes something to his, he goes after the bad guy. He doesn't just kind of like wait for something to like fall into his lap and, you know, uh, you know, get sent on this adventure. Yeah. We've got to get out of that. That's sort of a very, uh, a childlike kind of mindset. You're right. Um, that's not how it works, dude. The, you got to be after it. You got to go and, and, and pursue and don't think that that's a bad thing. That's actually what you need to be doing. Yeah. Kind of to tie in with that. I always thought that in order to be called into something, you must have not wanted to do it. And here's what I mean by that. Like mm-hmm. I've heard so many pastors talk about how they would have <laughs> never wanted to become a pastor. Right. So yeah, yeah. since I desired that, like, I'm like, I think I could pastor a church one day. Um, I thought it must not be from God because I yeah. want to do it because yeah. the, the, the idea and, and kind of some, some of what you're getting at here is like the hero or the guy who's doing the thing that he's called to do was kind of just going about his life and he's pushing against this thing, but it's like, no man, it's your calling. You need to do it. You know, it's like, but I don't want to, I don't want to engage <laughs> yeah. in this. Right. And, but no, man, if you're just as intentional as you need to be uh, about something that you're passionate about and you can pursue that thing. And like, this moves you, this makes you, this keeps you up at night and wakes you up early in the morning, right? This yeah. is a driving factor in your life. It's your commander's intent. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a go. That's a great, that's a great example. And I think even as Christians, we get this sense that if I admit that I really want it, 
God's going to keep it from me yes. because he wants to be the main thing. He's not really going to yes. give it to me, you yes. know, and that's like, that's such a stupid, I don't know how we get this, this stuff becomes, you know, part know. of our doctrine, but it's no, it's not a guy gives you these desires of your hearts. And he says, mm -hmm. look, I'm going to call you to these things. I'm giving you the calling, go mm -hmm. pursue it. You know, that's right. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an easy road, but you know, um, it's going to be good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's so, good. Uh, so Mike, I know you got something else that you've been working on here uh, recently where men are getting together. Uh, why don't yeah. you go ahead and share a little bit about that before we let you go? So uh, I'm the king of doing things that take forever to get accomplished. So the, uh, like the book, <laughs> and this is uh, something else called the foundry. And um, uh, so the foundry was something that we thought of a few years back, maybe 2018, something like that. And it was this idea that, okay, men, okay, they're getting, they're getting fed information. There's plenty of podcasts. There's a lot of good information out there. And hopefully that stuff will just continue and, and, uh, and be good. But what really guys need is community. We really yeah. need to be able to join together and be, you know, we need that brotherhood. We need the guys that the six or eight guys that I'm sitting down with every week. And, uh, and I'm sharing my life, these guys who know me, who can call me out kind of like what we talked about earlier. Yeah. And, um, and there's different models for this. There's like the mastermind model, which is fine. Uh, mm -hmm. but that's more like a one-on-one -on -one or, or a smaller group being led by kind of like a, a mastermind, somebody who really knows the, their stuff. Uh, there's more like just, you know, peer communities where you, you think like a Facebook group or something like that. And then there's, uh, which, what we're trying to do is really a blend of those two things. Yeah. So the foundry right now, phase one is all about growing the community. So we have an app. Uh, if you go, um, if you go to wolfandiron.com forward slash the foundry, you can find out all the information about it. Yeah. But basically we have an app guys can download and just like you would with any other kind of social media, um, platform, you can, you got your own profile, you can post whatever you want to there. And then, um, you know, there's groups that you can join lots of groups, groups on hunting, fishing, uh, running books, the podcast, all kinds yeah. of things, fatherhood, you know, all kinds of different groups to join in. So you can get that peer to peer support because a lot of That's guys, awesome. it's just what we need. We just need a guy who's got like a little bit more information than we do in an area of life to bounce some questions off of, or to get some support from and, yeah. um, and then to encourage each other. And so that's really like phase one is happening right now. Phase two is what we're going to be calling uh, um, is where we're going to start our guilds. And a okay. guild is that group of men, those, those guys that are either online brotherhood or it's a, um, uh, you know, actually butts in seats, eyeball to eyeball, you know, guys yeah. that you can actually meet with. And this is where we're going to start providing those guys stuff to go through and, um, uh, you know, material to go through and to study and, and those kinds of things. That's and good. so um, that's phase two. That'll be coming probably April or May but we're really encouraging guys to sign up. We got about 200 guys signed up now uh, inside the foundry, just in the app. And, um, and we think we'll probably have about 500 before the end of the year. Nice. Um, so, and, and look, it gets away from all the Facebook and the Instagram yep. and the Twitter nonsense. Um, there's just so we get drug into so many just dumb conversations and there's so many trolls out there and so many bots uh, on these other platforms. And you don't have to worry about that stuff. Uh, you know, right. that's why we're doing our own thing. It's like, it's, it's awesome to be able to just say what I want to say out there without feeling like I'm going to get slammed by a bunch of, you know, keyboard warriors or whatever the case oh, is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, or I'm going to be intentionally as Facebook, we've, we've been told does suck people into these conversations that just get them riled up and, and oh, you know, yeah. arguments. So, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is, um, you know, not something you got to worry about uh, there. So that's, that's what it is. The foundry, I, I recommend guys go check it out. Excellent. Where else can guys uh, go out and find you, connect with you? Yeah, wolfandiron.com. Uh, so just head over to wolfandiron.com. You can find out about me. You can see some of the products we got out there as well. Uh, you can see the book. You can see the foundry. 
Uh, you can see our other project, Rustic in Maine, where we make um, another business that we have where we make wedding rings out of historic woods and do a lot of other cool stuff. So we've got a lot of, a lot of neat things going on. Yeah. And uh, that's a great place to, to connect with me.